Welcome, Blood Brothers and Sanguine Sisters, to Deeply Discussing Dexter. I'm your host, Dale Maxfield. I'm joined by Aaron Caldwell. Hello. Brooke Merritt. Hello. And Zach Rowland. Hey. And on today's episode, Dexter meets the Tooth Fairy, Deb stands up to LaGuerta, Travis won't kill a guy until he apologizes, and Brother Sam is still a thing. What did you guys think of this episode overall? I didn't really care for it, but I mean, really? that's kind of the the way this season's going. Um, I'm shocked. The the tooth fairy guy was annoying. Um, the the whole intern thing with Masuka is terrible. They've they're. <laughs> <laughs> They're making LaGuerta and Quinn just be the worst possible versions of themselves. And it, the the main storyline seems to be going nowhere. But most death is still there. Sorry, most. Most. It's just most. most death is still there. Yeah, no, I agree. I didn't like this one. I mean, I didn't hate it. It's not the worst because the bar is so low now. But just nothing's really happening. I think the worse that it gets, the the more I enjoy it. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, thought, I, thought it I, I thought it was an alright episode. I, I actually liked the Tooth Fairy thing. Um, and I thought that it was silly enough. Maybe it's just because it's getting so bad that I'm laughing a lot. And like I'm not supposed to be laughing, but I am. So it, I feel like I'm enjoying the episode. <laughs> Dexter and a grumpy old man. <laughs> yeah. So my feel yeah. for it is that one of one of Scott Buck's mandates for the show going forward is no more of this Dexter just chasing one guy for the whole season crap. He's got to have a kill pretty much every episode. There's got to be a little subplot around some episode-contained uh, story. And so that's where we get the Tooth Fairy in this episode. I kind of liked the idea of it being this veteran serial killer who he was, you know, fascinated with. It could have been been a pretty cool concept. It just was really poorly done. It was just, like you said, the grumpy old man and just all the goofy getting the porn mags. And it just, it went silly where it actually could have been done if it had been better executed. It could have been pretty good. Yeah. Potentially. We'll never know. <laughs> well, well, no, we'll never know. We'll never know. You mean there's no petition to rewrite uh, and redo the whole entire? Uh, oh, I'm sure six there were. Eight? There, there were. There was a petition <laughs> to restart after season four. Yeah. So, the more things change, my friend. Hmm. Uh, it starts with Harrison winning a battle of wills with Jamie over whether or not he can play with a toy horse. Deb's angry that it took her 20 minutes to decide to wear a jacket over her clothes to be Lieutenant Me, but still me. Dexter gets called to a crime scene. We learn that fruit roll-ups make Harrison fart. Travis won't let the jogger go until he's repented for his sins. At the crime scene, Angel is lusting after a Smokey and the Bandit car for sale. Masuka points out the body, which is a dead hooker. Quinn shows up with another girl, and Angel pulls him aside, not knowing Quinn and Deb broke up. Quinn points out that Deb fucked Angel over by taking the promotion and calls Angel Mrs. LaGuerta. 
Angel manages not to punch him. Dexter notices a chipped tooth on the victim, thinks maybe someone tried to rip it out. There's a lot to digest here. Like, <laughs> they fit, what, four different story threads into that, like, opening five minutes? Yeah. Um... LaGuerta tries to micromanage Deb's search for a replacement detective to fill with Deb's slot. Angel calls in from his office and warns her not to let LaGuerta push her around. And he says, take it from Mrs. LaGuerta. Dexter takes out a previously unseen childhood journal of newspaper clippings about serial killers. Harry appears to help explain that he was something that he found in Dexter's childhood bed. Dexter is trying to connect the serial or connect the killing of the hooker to the Serial killer from the 1980s that Portland dubbed the Tooth Fairy. So I will say it's a little strange that it's this late in the game and we have never seen this journal before. It's kind of like one of those little deals where they're like, oh, well, we can just say that it's been there or whatever and and give them a reason or a connection or whatnot. Like, yeah, it's very much pigeonholed into the whole Tooth Fairy story, but... It's in the room you know, that Deb's been sleeping in. Um, yeah. It's never mentioned again. Ever. I feel so. like it's... I, I feel like its entire point was just for Harry to have that line about Playboys. Yeah. Yeah, he says, I wish it was a stack of Playboys. Yeah. <laughs> or in this case, it could be spanked or teen ass. Or- <laughs> Gross, man. What a wonderful name for a magazine, right? I mean, I'm like, jumping the gun on that, but, you know. Yeah. Uh, Dexter goes to a retirement community. He muses about how retirement is like a second childhood. Dexter is able to get the receptionist to look up any residents from Oregon. He then gets her to leave to get him coffee and narrows down the list to a man named Walter Kenny a man who has an extra digit in his social security number. <laughs> oh. Good continuity there. They're paying really close attention this season to details. Yeah. Uh, Masuka shows the intern evidence from the ice truck killer case, including the mannequin hand. Deb runs her first briefing. Angel and Masuka give updates on the dead hooker. On the snakes case, Quinn brings up releasing information about the snakes and LaGuerta shows up out of nowhere to back him, undermining Deb's concern about hurting their abilities at trial. Alright, so this LaGuerta thing I think is very interesting because, remember Captain Matthews when he was Captain Matthews and he was never around other than to like bust LaGuerta's chops, but now LaGuerta is like at, in homicide like 24-7 it's like, what, what, what's going on with the upper ranks of Miami Metro? Like, to the point where, you know, like, I, yeah, their priorities, clearly. It's such, it's such a strange thing. Yeah, she's not just going to sit in her office next to Matthews all day. No, not when she can go back to her old stomping grounds and shake shit up. Yeah. She just wants to try to see Deb fail. That's the only reason she's hanging around. My theory, anyway. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's just strange. It's just like glaringly apparent right. that, M- that Matthews never did that, and LaGuerta's clearly doing that. You know. Oh yeah. 
I was just going to say Matthews went missing for like a whole season and a half, so now all of a sudden he's in every episode too. So Yeah. Travis continues to tell the jogger to apologize to God for what he's done. Edward James almost reveals that they're not going to release him even if he does repent. They need to be pure for what they will do next. Dexter gets himself into a golf game with Walter Kenny. The guy's a total jerk. He hurts his back and Dexter takes him to the bar to take some pain meds with beer. Walter checks out some woman's butt and Dexter notices him playing with a dental implant in the same position as the teeth removed by the tooth fairy. Brother Sam calls Dexter to say his car is ready. Kenny asks Dexter to return the next day to help him run errands. Building a solid friendship straight out of the gate. Just, you know, a <laughs> little golf, a little beer, a little friendship. Yeah. Well, and this guy should be really suspicious because I can't believe his approach has ever worked at making friends. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like, there's people at the <laughs> retirement community that, that work there that probably treat him nice because they're paid to. But apart from that, I doubt there's a lot of people that like his his BS. But right. I, I noticed when he was uh, looking at his stuff on the computer, when Dexter had that pulled up, it, it, there was a little statement, you know, listing his medications, likes, dislikes, and it said prefers minimal contact with staff. Yep. Hmm. Yep, it did say that. I was, I was reading all of the screens in this episode. <laughs> yeah, I was Looking analyzing the medications. Gold. Yeah, they all look normal to me. I think they all were on thyroid medicine and digoxin. That's all I really noticed. <laughs> Blood pressure meds and stuff. Uh, Brother Sam asks Dexter if he has plans on Sunday. Sam invites him to a barbecue beach baptism for Nick, the guy who Brother Sam kidnapped last episode. Dexter grudgingly agrees. Deb comes to Dexter freaking out about how much she has to manage. Dexter talks her down. He asks for a raise, and she says, fuck off and die. <laughs> which is which is great. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, that's probably the best exchange of the episode. Uh, Dexter goes to pick up Walter. He finds him in his underwear. Dexter sees a picture of Walter's son. Walter complains that he can never get him on the phone. Dexter takes him to a pharmacy. Walter tells Dexter to go in and get a script for him that his back is hurting. And then he adds on a six-pack of beer... The latest teen, teen ass nipple parade and spanked. Uh, they make another stop at a storage facility, and Walter says he'll take the bus from there. Dexter watches from the street and finds out which storage space is Walter's. I'll just tell you guys right now: you you back the wrong horse. Nipple parade is the funniest, <laughs> funniest name for a porn magazine. I know it's the one that I forgot. Nipple parade. Uh, like I, I just want to see. I wrote Tiny the, little flags. Yeah. <laughs> I just, like, see, like, a bunch of, like, <laughs> dowdy women, like, walking in a parade with their nips out. <laughs> Here it is. It's the nipple parade. Uh, was anybody brave enough to Google these? <laughs> no, but I want to hear uh, how it goes when the police show up at your door for searching teen ass. Uh, I'm searching for nipple parade. Thank you. <laughs> Good, call. Ass, Good call. Teen ass is perfectly legal. <laughs> 18 and 19 is teen. <laughs> okay, yeah. I'll give you that. 
right? I'm sure and that spanked. it sets off some kind of alarm somewhere, though. If you Google that, Hats but if you off. search, I- if you search for nipple parade, you get put on their mailing list. <laughs> <laughs> Those people want more viewers. <laughs> they they probably need more. With with spanked. How do you know that they're being spanked if it's still images? Is it like a still image, like that sort of uh, flip book, where you can flip <laughs> through the pages and see them being spanked? Now, Zach, that shows a if, real lack of imagination. <laughs> if not, you're you know on to something with that idea. You know that if somebody gets gets spanked, they're going to have a red mark, right? That's how you know. <laughs> what's what's appealing about looking at a red mark on someone when you, you got you want to see the actual after? It could be like the, but the flip packaging. the flip book idea is better though. The flip book is is a, you you should market that. I mean, it may exist. I don't know. I'm not I'm not that well versed in my porn. But if if it's not a thing, flip books really <laughs> yeah, would Aaron, sell. Aaron made a great point about a lenticular image, where when you like kind of twist it. Like from one side to the other, that like oh, hand yeah. moves and then <laughs> makes a red mark. So, like, and tilt. Oh, that's the stuff. It reminds me of. <laughs> I still like the flip book idea better. <laughs> Quinn flirts with Ryan, Masuka's intern, who flirts right back and then says, turns him down cold. Deb takes Quinn aside and asks how he's doing after their breakup. Quinn says he packed up her stuff and set it next to a big bag of fertilizer. Quinn blames Deb's promotion on their breakup. The jogger manages to pull himself out of his restraints. He works his way into another part of the building and is somehow spooked by a horse. um, Because they're really sneaky and tiny. Uh, (laughs) Travis recaptures him and he does some more repenting. And Edward James almost says the jogger is ready. He's not almost ready? Uh, he was almost <laughs> ready earlier. Uh, so Dexter, many almost jokes. Yep. They never die. Uh, Dexter breaks into Walter's storage space. Inside is a lawn chair, a stack of porn, and a small metal box full of teeth. Dexter is depressed, depressed that one of his heroes has been reduced to this. He heads to Kenny's to kill him. Walter calls and tells him that he got lost and needs Dexter to pick him up from a bus stop. Walter pulls a gun on Dexter as he's driving and asks how he got onto him. He figured out that Dexter works at Miami Metro. Dexter drives into a fence, deploying the airbags and somehow not discharging the gun pointed at his head. Didn't he say something about, like, yeah, I goggled you or something like that? He, he said he goggled the license plates, which is not how you find anything. Yeah. And also, how many times are we going to have Dexter get into an accident to get out of a situation? This is, yeah. He's got to be getting some kind of serious concussions, brain damage, something. This is, what, our like, 25th? Well, it, it, it's important to the plot now that he has another excuse to go visit Brother Sam. And aren't we all so glad about that? Yes. Good Anything to Sam. get more Brother Sam. It's great. Um, and yeah, there's no reason that that gun pointed at his head would not have gone off uh, if they hit the airbags like that, unless the guy like didn't have his finger on the trigger or wasn't really planning to shoot him. I thought, yeah, I thought it 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 did go off and missed, but maybe I'm imagining that. 
As I thought it was weird that it was like, oh, he, he got really lucky that that gun didn't go off in his head. Yeah. It's a Netflix version, slightly different. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't feel like it went off, but maybe it did. I don't know. It's a special edition. Either way. Yeah. Either way, your point is valid, Dale, is the fact that it was right on his temple <laughs> yeah. and the finger was on the trigger and it should have gone through his temple. Right. Um, Masuka asks Ryan out for Fa. She accepts. She tells Masuka that in the right light, he's kind of cute. <laughs> <laughs> and the giant van went by. Uh, <laughs> Deb tells the monster outside. <laughs> Deb tells Laguerta she's chosen a veteran cop from Chicago to take her place instead of Laguerta's pick. Laguerta says if it blows up, she won't have Deb back. The new detective, Mike Anderson, immediately shows up. He laughs when Deb says she's the lieutenant. He says he doesn't have time for any new guy razzing and to score him a coffee. Deb chews him out, and he apologizes, having obviously failed to detect she was serious. Then he so fits right he in. fits right into Miami Metro. Like, who applies for a job and doesn't do any research as to who they're going to be working under? Well, it's not, not like he detective. could have goggled her. Yeah, he could, wouldn't want to goggle the person that you're supposed to do your interview with. That's true. That's true. Even the tooth fairy knows you can goggle a license plate and get all the information you need. <laughs> Maybe Goggle is a search engine on the dark web that none of us know about. Yeah, uh, it's just a, it's just a, it's just a look at teen ass, nipple parades, <laughs> and spanked. The dark web is nothing but nipple parade. Uh, Dexter has Walter's apartment set up as a kill ring. When Walter wakes up, Walter tells Dexter that he killed the hooker out of boredom. Killing her only took 20 minutes, but he lost another 20 trying to f- and failing to pull the tooth. Dexter takes his sample. The guy says, I took teeth, you take blood. You're the same kind of sick fuck, aren't you? Walter tells Dexter that he is Dexter's future. He says to make sure they know that he was the tooth fairy. His son won't be able to ignore him now. And Dexter reconsiders. He smothers him instead so he can leave the body and make it look like natural causes. He takes the teeth out on his boat and dumps them overboard to protect Walter's son. So, uh, those teeth, when they hit the water, they became very clear. You see, like it was like CGI teeth, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have that type of budget. They were chiclets. <laughs> I thought I was just like, that's an interesting shot. The way that it was shot, and then the teeth come into the water, and I was like, oh, those are CGI teeth. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> In the closing montage, we see that Angel has bought the Smokey and the Bandit car. Quinn is banging a new girl from the one earlier in the episode with a bored expression on his face. Ryan slips the mannequin hand into her bag. Dexter tucks Harrison in with his toy horse. As Dexter puts Walter's slide into the box, he drops the box. Some slides break, but they all fall out. He no longer knows the order and who's who. Um, And then... Uh, there is a tease cliffhanger for next episode that shows horses going past with some kind of outdoor party. Um, and they have the horses have mannequins sketched together with body parts set on top of them. They're half mannequin and half the jogger. The final scene was pretty cool. I thought that was pretty, pretty cool. I like what they're doing with some of the effects and coming up with some creepy stuff. Yeah, that's, that's my only positive about. note 
That's only what I was talking note. about earlier in the episode is that they have some some creepier imagery going on in this season than they've had before. Yeah, the 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 sort of end of days Bible stuff is like you know, it's, a, it's a fun way to play out the the killings or I mean that's a, a weird way to say it, but you know what I mean. Like it's more interesting than sort of just like torture porn or whatever you know like there's there's a rhyme and reason to it well just setting up all these tableaus instead of they find a body and they have to make that they have to make the distinction about that it's from the book of revelation or something this is like much more overt yeah you know previous seasons we talked about how dexter should have had more of a tone like hannibal and how good the imagery was in Hannibal. This season, as terrible as it is, this is the season where we get a little bit of that, what we wanted Dexter to be. Uh, I think this is really the only season we get some really good stuff like that. So, Yeah, it's a lot like the first season of Hannibal in that way. Um, it's, it's not nearly as affecting as that was, but there's still some really good imagery and really good use of you know, creepy ways to display a body. Yeah, something that a show like Dexter should have more of, rather than storylines about, you know, look where an angel and all that. Yeah, I think the closest they've come before was uh, when they were doing those, like, Santa Muerte killings. Like, those were kind of staged and set up in a certain way. More crudely, without an interesting twist to it. Right. Yeah. This one was directed by Stefan Schwartz. This is his first of three episodes across season six, seven, and eight. Uh, he went on to direct for Spooks and Luther in the UK and The Walking Dead, where all go all good careers go to die. Uh, this is written by Manny Cotto who came on with Chip Johansson back in season five, but stayed to the bitter end co-writing the series finale with Scott Buck. Mm-hmm. Uh, how about the best line of the episode? I just had the line where uh, <clears throat> Walter Kinney accuses uh, Dexter of lying, and he said, I said my name was Dan, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mine was, uh, what wrong turns do you have to make in life to end up here? An 8x10 storage unit, a six-pack of beer, and a stack of porno mags. <laughs> that was pretty good. I, I struggled, but um, Deb asked, uh, asks Dexter, why am I so fucking nervous? And he says, because everyone would be looking to see if you know what you're doing. I just picked that because I always like when Dexter is wholly inappropriate at helping someone when they're in distress. Hmm. He's being useless as usual. Doesn't she crack back at him about how some questions are rhetorical? Yeah, she's like, when yep. you get to your computer, search for rhetorical. <laughs> I'm going to look up rhetorical. Yeah, I, I like that one. Uh, worst line of the episode? Uh, I gave my worst line to Masuka when they find the obviously dead for a while hooker. Uh, he says, I guess she lost her gym membership. It just... Why? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That didn't even uh, register with me. 
I, yeah, I was like, that That was such a lost line because it doesn't make any sense, yeah. I I just went with Quinn's entire flirtation with the intern. Everything he said in that scene. You're a bad girl. Was, Maybe there's a little bad yeah. girl in you. Yeah, yeah, it was all bad. All bad. Yeah. At least he didn't ask if she wanted a little bad boy in her. Mm-mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's... <laughs> it would be disinterested bad boy. Right. Um, I'm going to go with the Masuka line, but a different one that he simply says, is it weird that it makes me hot? <laughs> I, just, I just don't ever want Masuka to say those words. And how about the performance of the episode? Walter, I guess. Yeah, I'm going to go to Walter. <laughs> I, I had it down as Walter to? question mark because I was like, yeah, I, see? I got nothing. There's no other options. Got a good group mind going on Mrs. here. Mrs. LaGuerta, maybe. No. <laughs> Just for saying Mrs. Yeah. LaGuerta is enough to disqualify that. As shitty as the character of Walter is, the guy played him great. I mean, like, yeah. I hated him, you know? So, take it. <laughs> Take that tooth. Oh my god, they killed Walter Kenny. You bastards. And that'll do it. Thanks everybody for watching the episode. Thanks everybody for listening to the podcast. We'll be back next time on Deeply Discussing Dexter. Deeply Discussing Dexter.